congregation, let us consider together the Lord's Day 48 on page 85. Question 123, what is, which is the second petition? Answer, thy kingdom come. That is, rule us so by thy word and spirit that we may submit ourselves more and more to thee. Preserve and increase thy church, destroy the works of the devil and of violence which would exalt itself against thee, and also our wicked counsels devised against thy holy word till the full perfection of thy kingdom take place, wherein thou shalt be all in all. So far. A prayer for the coming of God's kingdom. The second petition is a prayer for the coming of God's kingdom. And with the help of the Lord, six short thoughts. In the first place, children of the kingdom. The Bible speaks about the children of the kingdom. Who are they? Are they saved, not saved? Outwardly in the kingdom, inwardly in the kingdom? Who are the children of the kingdom? Secondly, the Bible speaks of the gospel of the kingdom. What is that gospel of the kingdom? What is the content of it? What is the power of it? What is the preciousness of the gospel of the kingdom? In the third place, the present kingdom. Thy kingdom will come. Does that mean that it is only future? Or is the king also today present already? The present kingdom. In the fourth place, the future kingdom. Thy kingdom come has also a future element in it. In the fifth place, be removed from the kingdom. Can it be? Can someone be removed from the kingdom? How awful. That is so serious. That's such a black subject. That's the other side of the coin. And in the sixth place, the king of the kingdom, the Lord Jesus. So a prayer for the coming of God's kingdom, the children of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, the present kingdom, the future kingdom, being removed from the kingdom, and the king of the kingdom. So you know, congregation, that prayer is conversing with God. And you know the examples when husband and wife are married, and if they don't talk, if they just don't talk, if they don't say anything, if they don't communicate, what marriage is that? That's poor, that's difficult, that's hard. It's almost impossible. You have to talk. You have to put your feelings on the table. You have to communicate. You have to listen. You have to respond to each other. That's also true for prayer. Prayer is 
speaking to God, pouring out your heart before him, listening to his voice, respond to the Bible, the work of the Holy Spirit, yes, but there's a, a kind of communication with the Almighty One. And then you come home from work and you have the evening together. You like to talk the whole evening. And if you don't talk to each other, you feel bad. So also in prayer, we have to also encourage ourselves and say, did I speak to the Lord? Did I listen to his voice in Bible reading? It's important. And without prayer, there is no relationship. Without talking to each other, it's cold. And if there is no prayer, then our religion is phony and hypocritical and doesn't mean anything. Really doesn't mean anything. So do you pray? Do you converse? Do you talk? Do you speak to the Almighty One? Is that part of your life? Is that something you cannot miss? Something you have to do? And sometimes you feel that your prayers are so lousy, and yet you, you have to do it. And yet you bring it to the, to, to the Lord again. So do we pray? Do we pour out our hearts before him? Do we thirst and hunger for the living God? And yet we are so incapable, right, of a true prayer. We can say a few words and be obedient, but to really pray from the heart, there's something that needs to be given as well. And some people are able to pray beautiful. And they, are, they were things excellent, excellent, in an excellent way. And they verbalize things, they're gifted that way. But that does not mean that they really pray. The Lord knows the heart. And have you heard the Lord Jesus pray? If we would hear him pray, of course, we don't hear that anymore. But the disciples heard the Lord Jesus pray a few times. They heard what he said and how he wrestled. And when they saw that, then they had tears in their eyes. They felt really emotional. And they responded to that. Remember? It came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. See, that they, they had heard him pray. And all of a sudden they felt, I can't pray anymore because I compare now my prayer to his prayer. So lively, so warm, so experiential. So therefore, they asked, Lord, teach us to pray. And also, John the Baptist has taught the disciples to pray as well. And the disciples felt inadequate 
I can pray, but what do I say? So we read in Psalm 10, a beautiful expression. A beautiful expression. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble, thou wilt prepare their heart. So the Lord prepares hearts to pray. It's his work. So we pray and we must pray, and at the same time, we ask for prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. I can't. I can't get my heart so far. Help me. Prepare my heart. And David also asked help to pray. He said in Psalm 19, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. He felt kind of my prayers are not acceptable. The Lord says, away with those prayers. They don't count. They're not good enough. Or he said, Lord, may, may give the meditation of my heart may be acceptable in thy sight. Also in Romans 8, you read about that. About that inability to pray and the need of the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we are to pray, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So you can't really express it. You can't explain it. Those groanings, those sighs, those desires in your heart, that the Holy Spirit version in the heart, he makes intercession. Prayer is tender. You know, a small, sinful creature approaching the Holy One of Israel, quite something. Let us never pray, pray in a flippant way, in a superficial way. And as we know, we also have a model prayer, right? We have a template prayer. We have the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, we find the main points of prayer. So it is always good to check yourself. Am I praying according to God's will? Do I cover all those points mentioned in the perfect prayer? We don't need to literally copy it, but it's the perfect God-given model and template. So we are now at the second petition of that prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and now tonight thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Let me first say this. A kingdom is not per se somewhere. The kingdom of Ukraine or the kingdom of the Netherlands is somewhere. It's a land, it's a country. You can travel there. But the kingdom of God is in the first place an authority, a rule, a, the government of God. 
So let thy kingdom come means, does not, not mean let, let we go to the kingdom, let the kingdom come to us locally, traveling-wise, but that there's a power coming over you, that thy kingdom come, that the Lord would have the rule and that he would have the authority and that people surrender to him. Thy kingdom come. Now I have six points, right, about the kingdom. So I found information in the Bible and in the Hyber Catechism on those expressions. And the first expression I like to talk about is the expression, the children of the kingdom. What does that mean? The princes? The princesses? The children of the king? So the king is an adult, he's married, and he has children? And the children are the children of the kingdom? No. The expression children of the kingdom refers to old people, middle-aged people, children, like the children of Israel. Are those the only little ones? No, all the people, the whole people of Israel is called the children of Israel. Children means they that belong to. The children of light, the children of the prophets, is not their biological children, but they that belong to the prophet school. So the children of the kingdom refers to adults, to people, the old ones and, and younger ones as well. It has nothing to do with age. Children of the kingdom. So, what do you think? Are they God's people? Because they are the children of God's kingdom. It's God's kingdom. It's not someone else's kingdom. It's God's kingdom. So, some people are children of the kingdom of God. So, and some of them are connected to that kingdom. But is that a saving connection? Is it possible to also have a superficial connection? Is it possible to have an outward connection? Now, maybe your first response would be, the children of the kingdom are God's people because they have received in their heart that authority, the government, the rule, a new heart, and now by, by new heart they have become the children of the kingdom. Well, that's wrong. In the Bible, children of the kingdom can mean people are, that are very blessed, very privileged, even part of the covenant, and yet not saved, not even chosen. They are maybe not even an elect. And people not chosen for, to salvation can yet be children of the covenant and children of the kingdom. The Lord Jesus spoke to the centurion whose servant was sick. And he asked him to come over and to heal his servant. And Lord Jesus said, I will. We read it tonight, right? And the Lord Jesus was 
kind of surprise that this man said that the Lord Jesus did not have to come, that he was not worthy to receive under his roof. And the Lord Jesus spoke about him. And the Lord Jesus said, I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abram and Isaac and Jacob. So they are part of the covenant, right? Part of the covenant, Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. So people from the Gentiles, they shall come from east and west, sit down with Abram, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And the children of the kingdom shall be cast out. Do I read it well? But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it is possible to have a connection to the kingdom, to even be a child of the kingdom, and be cast out. So apparently, the expression children of the kingdom is not per se saving compared to a few other texts, like the Lord Jesus stating that he has come to his own and his own received him not. They were kind of his people. They were so blessed. When you read Romans 9, you can see all those blessings. You can also think of Romans 11. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Or think of the text, the promise is unto you and to your children, and all that are far off, as many as the Lord of God shall call. Children of the kingdom. We cast out. Quite something that covenant people, that kingdom people, what is the difference? Kingdom people are cast out. That holy people, the Apostle Paul calls the children of believers holy ones, holy children. They're holy and separate and blessed and promised and received the gospel and excellent attention, yet cast out. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, then we pray that the children of the kingdom may become really the children of the kingdom. That they that are out of the children of the kingdom may become in the saving way to of the kingdom. But do you realize that being born in the church with believing fathers or grandfathers or great-grandfathers, kind of baptized, do you realize that that underlines that you're a child of the kingdom? It underlines that you are 
belong to God's people in a sense, and that you are so blessed in many, many ways. So we pray that you don't, that you're not too content with that, that, that. That's not enough. We need more than that. Children of the kingdom. Let's go to the second thought. The gospel of the kingdom. We know, we talked about it, that being a child of the kingdom is not sufficient for salvation. It will even testify against you that you have been a child of the kingdom. And that others from west and east and all different directions, they come and they sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you cast out. Right? So we need more. We need to be, to be saved. We need a new heart. We need regeneration. And we need to truly believe in a saving way. Believe in him. Because faith is by hearing. So the, the Lord converts his people and gives you a new heart in a certain way. And we read in Matthew 4, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues. See it? Lord Jesus teaching in the synagogues, then here and then there in Galilee, and preaching. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Lord Jesus was very well aware it was all about the kingdom. It's a standing expression in the Bible. The children of the kingdom and the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. What, what does gospel mean again? I, angelion. I like means good. And angelion, message. The precious good message. Then the good tidings of joy. So the Lord Jesus preached the gospel, the best message, the good message regarding the kingdom. And he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. He preached it. Also in Mark 1, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled, and the king of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. So the gospel of the kingdom is not only telling people how the Lord converts his church, not only telling the people how it goes, that's also important, but that is not the first thing. It's not so that we come to church to hear how the Lord converts people. We hear, repent ye, believe ye in the gospel, repent ye of your sins, of your unbelief, of who you are. 
you're guilty. And you must seek to believe in the gospel. So it's not the same as telling people that they are valuable and that they are worthy and that God cares for them. No, it is to say, repent ye and believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the gospel of the kingdom, that also means that we do mission work and we pray, Lord, that thy kingdom might come, that the word of God might be applied by the Holy Spirit and that sinners may come to themselves and, be, and, and begin to take refuge unto the Savior, Jesus Christ. That, that's what we pray. We pray, when we pray, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom, Lord, by, by, by repentance, by, by faith in the church, outside the church, in this world, in mission work. That many unsaved ones may yet be saved from what? From death? No. Death is, is not the problem. From sin? Well, I know what you mean, but that's also not the major point. It's not the most serious than being delivered and saved from sin and from death and from hell. It's not the most serious. What is it? Saved from the wrath of a holy God. We have offended, terribly offended with our sins. We need to be saved from him. And God knows that. He has sent his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save a people for himself and to save him from the wrath. So he got the wrath. He got the anger of God and absorbed it. So do we pray, Lord, that thy kingdom may come in our families, in our churches, in our towns, in our countries, in this world? Do we pray that? And do we mean it? And do we support mission work? You know, you do. It's amazing how much money we collect also in our congregation, for the mission. It's amazing. But when you donate that check, that money, when you put the money in the bag or how it goes, do you think you're off the hook? That you're, you're, you're loving mission work, you, you love the work, and so you have done your duty? You know, you need to pray. And maybe even more than pray. Maybe you need to talk and to speak about the kingdom of God and the um, message of it. So everyone needs to hear that, the gospel. It is no better message, the gospel of the kingdom. What kingdom? The present kingdom? Next thought. Well, it depends. In the Bible, we sometimes read that the kingdom is here. Not locally or something, but 
not in the, in the, not as a realm, but as an authority, as a government. Already now. And at the same time, you also find texts regarding the future kingdom, right? Like the Hybrid Catechism also explains that. Till the full perfection of thy kingdom take place, wherein thou shalt be all in all. So there is something here, and there is something later. There was a special presence of the Lord Jesus, of the kingdom and the Lord Jesus on earth. The king himself was on earth. So the kingdom was really present in a very special way. And the Lord Jesus left and is at the right hand of the Father. So it's not the same anymore. And yet there is a kingdom also on earth. Let me show you. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come, is come upon you. So by casting out devils, the kingdom of God has come upon you, upon you. Or Luke 17 and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So we heard it was upon you and within you. And the remarkable thing is that the Lord Jesus said that we're within you to the Pharisee. So that does not mean that they are converted, but is, that is that there is that reality of the Lord Jesus being present as the king. And uh, as he was the king, he was present. In, in that sense, the kingdom of God was among them, among them. Close to them. Or Matthew 12. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. So the kingdom of God is upon you, within you, unto you. It's somehow it is on earth. But how do people become children of the kingdom in the, in the deepest sense that they're under the authority of him, that they surrender unto him? Well, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So is that rebirth necessary, right? That repentance, the faith, as a response to the gospel of the kingdom, brings people under the power of that kingdom so that they may enter into the kingdom, may enter later, and also enter already now in that kingdom. 
So, are you a child of the kingdom? You are. Are you in the kingdom? Do you have a lively, saving faith so that you become part of the living church, of the heart of the covenant, not only outwardly belonging to the kingdom, not only hearing the promises and the gospel of the kingdom, but being part of the kingdom. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So we need that total, complete change of heart to know self and to know God and to take refuge unto him and to also hate sin. Right? The three points. To know your misery. To know salvation in Christ. And also to know sanctification. So therefore we need to know the gospel of the kingdom. They need to be brought on that narrow pathway unto salvation. And that's not a thing of you're on there or not. There's also an increasing puzzle, and more and more. As the Heidelberg Catechism also mentions, rule us so by thy word and spirit, the gospel of the kingdom and the spirit, that we may submit ourselves, that's the, that's the kingdom now, to submit ourselves more and more to thee. Not a standstill, but more and more. So God's children, when they pray this, when they pray, thy kingdom come, they say, Lord, I want to be more under that rule. I want, I want more of that. I want more of that submitting myself. I want more holiness. I want closing connection. Thy kingdom come, Lord, also for me, that they also may enter in a spiritual way into that kingdom. Because that kingdom, Romans 14, of God, is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Isn't that a beautiful expression? The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you believe in his righteousness, that he is the Savior, that he did all things righteous for you. That's the kingdom, the righteousness of God in him. And peace, all oh, that calm in the heart, that is the portion of God's people, time and again, that the power of the kingdom is over them, and that they also receive that peace, that unspeakable peace, and uh, that unspeakable joy. Thy kingdom come. Is Lord, give us more taste of that righteousness. 
Thy kingdom come means, Lord, give me that peace. I have no peace. I have no peace with God. Give me peace. Give me that true joy. I, I, I can't find joy in the world anymore. Give me the right joy. So that is in the Holy Ghost, and that's the work of the Holy Ghost, the kingdom. But there's also a future kingdom. The kingdom is here, not in a certain place, but in his authority. Nevertheless, there's also a, 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 a future kingdom. Listen to this, Luke 19. And because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear, they thought that the kingdom of God would immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. The nobleman went out for, to get a kingdom and to, and to return. So to come back with the kingdom. That's the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus went to heaven to establish that kingdom, and at the last day he will come back with his kingdom, a future kingdom. One of the most impressive pieces regarding that is from 2 Thessalonians 1. When he shall come, he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Therefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye name according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and be admired in all them that believe. When the Lord Jesus comes back, he will be admired by all them that believe. That is, the, the kingdom is coming. The fullness of the kingdom is coming. So there is no guilt, no curse, no disease, no death, no accidents, no offense to God, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God, right? You know those texts, like Revelation 22, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and the servant shall serve him, and they shall see his face. And his name shall be in their forehead. It's a seal. And there shall be no night there. 
and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign kingdom forever and ever. So the kingdom is coming. In its in all its glory, says all they that believe in that gospel of the kingdom will admire the Lord Jesus. Admire. What do we admire? What do we just have so much esteem for? So much joy, so much respect. That means so much to you. What do you admire? What will that be? To admire God. To admire the Lord Jesus Christ. And to see his face. How can it be? So the Lord Jesus will make sure that his people will enter into that kingdom. And they will knock on the door. And the door will be opened to them. To the five foolish virgins, no. But to the five wise virgins, yes. And they may enter into the kingdom of God and rejoice in God and admire God and treasure the Lord Jesus. And he will be all in all. It can be more be, cannot be more satisfying. The cup will run over. You know, I've been in Egypt, and I've been in the museums of Egypt, and I saw the treasures of Egypt. Because when the pharaohs were buried, they also buried their dogs and their food and their beds and their utensils and the chairs and everything. So they found so many of those pharaohs and that's, that's, that's displayed, the, the, the beds and the chairs and all the, the, the shoes and the garments. It's amazing. Those days, they were so rich. And Moses said, I don't need it. I don't really care for it. Let me just belong to God's people and receive the recompense of the reward. I receive everything. To admire God. To be filled with Him. So what is your choice? Young people, what do you want? What's your purpose in life? What do you think you'll attain? So you may receive everything your heart desires, but you have to hand in anyway. And you lose everything anyway. So you need to pray, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Bring us to the next thought. Remove from the kingdom of congregation the return of the Lord Jesus. Someday will be the best day ever. Right? When the kingdom of God comes out of heaven as a bride adorned, and that the heaven will come down on earth, that God will be all in all that the wolf and shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard with the kid and the calf with the young lion and the child shall lead them. And you name it in Isaiah 11. It'll be just the best day ever. 
and all so the worst day. The worst day ever. Because I read in two Thessalonians and other places something very serious regarding that returning of the Lord Jesus. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance of them. And now, what if it follows? To the Lord Jesus coming back, the flaming fire taking vengeance of them that, what? In flaming fire taking vengeance of them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. It will be so hard on, on whom? On the people living in the streets in Vancouver or in downtown Chile, or people just living gross public sins and addictions, and you name it, and all the things he frowned on. No, it says flaming fire taking vengeance, revenge, a revenge taking God of them that know not God. They just don't acknowledge him. They don't want to know him. They despise him. They look the other way. They do it easy without Well, easy. When the Lord Jesus, with the flaming fire, takes revenge of them that know not God, oh, our excuse will sound so terribly lame. And not obeying the gospel. Obey the gospel? Is that what it says? We are disobedient to the law and disobedient to the gospel as well that the Lord takes that heart, that he's not acknowledged and not believed in, and that the gospel, the best message you can hear, the message of, 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 of the kingdom, the gospel, the, the gospel of the kingdom, is disobeyed. He's in the gospel of the kingdom, the Lord says, Repent ye and come unto me, ye heavy laden. Everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. That's our future. Even when we are faithful church members, if we despise that Savior and we will be cast out, out of the kingdom, we may have been kind of connect to the kingdom, 
like the Pharisees. And then the centurion, remember? The centurion was believed in the Lord Jesus that he could save, heal his servant remotely. The Lord Jesus said they come from all the, all the directions and saved Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the children of the kingdom cast out. So some may expect to enter in. And the Lord says, no. Ye that work iniquity, ye that do not obey the gospel, ye that do not know God. It will be so difficult that it reads, and the heaven and the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. So you may have sunscreens that you just roll up and down the window, the roll up, or curtains that you just put to the side. Or in the old days, scrolls, book scrolls, they roll them up. And so the Lord will roll up Roll together the universe. The universe is rolled up. It's done. It's over. Close shop. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. So the whole universe and the whole earth will be moving. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. The wrath of the Lamb. The Lord Jesus, that kindest Lord Jesus, the Savior, he will just execute his wrath. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Only if you're covered by the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the happiest day for God's people is the worst day for others. The happiest thing and the worst will be upheld by God's glory. So the adoption of God's people will go together with the final rejection of the unbelievers. Right? The adoption, the final adoption goes together with the final rejection. And then in closing, the king of the kingdom. Be he about the king of God, and the king of God is also the king of Christ. It's the same. Ephesians 5. For this you know, that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man, who is an idolater, because being covetous is, an, is idolatry, 
has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So the kingdom is the kingdom of God and Christ. Same. And the king has come. And in that sense, the kingdom has come. And the Lord Jesus Christ sacrificed himself and paid the price for his church. And he is the king of the kingdom. The king's righteousness is ours. If you believe in the righteousness of Christ, you believe in him, you see him, admire him, love him, trust in him. The king's spirit is dwelling in God's people. It's the spirit of God. And that's the spirit of the kingdom. The king's joy and the king's peace is not already being given to God's people. That peace and that joy is from the kingdom and the king has acquired it. The king's victory over Satan is not already God's people's. And they may use the sword of the spirit, the word of God. The king's power to witness is not already working. And he gives also his people, the king, the, king, the, the, the king's power. And the king's gifts are already possible for ministry. Oh, the king, let the king come. The king of God is mainly the king himself, right? Let the king come. Let the savior come. Let him come with, with salvation for his people. Although there's also that other side. But the Lord Jesus is king forever. The two men of Emmaus saw the Lord Jesus in his resurrected body. And they ate with him. They broke bread with him. And the hearts were burning in them. And they spoke. When the Lord Jesus had left, they remembered what they had seen. They had seen him. And that same Jesus, the two men of Emmaus have seen, and the other disciples, will be revealed. And someday, people of God, we may see him, who has loved us and has begun salvation in us and made us part of the kingdom. And he is worthy of all glory, therefore. May we also have that longing more, more and more, to admire him in the temple, to admire him in the world, and someday to admire him in heaven. Thy kingdom come. When you pray that, somebody, something like it must be part of our prayers, maybe in different words, Lord, bless the word, bless mission work, bless every power. But I would say, pray it more consciously. Just think about it. 
Think about what you pray and don't just pray as a train. Just go slow. Go slow in your prayer. Also, you pray, Our Father. We say, Let me go slow. Try to realize what you're saying. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Just think about it and pray, at least consciously. And ask the Holy Spirit to give you prayer. He is the spirit of prayer and supplication. And young people again, the treasure of Egypt will never satisfy your heart. Amen.